My name is Michelle Apples and I am the owner of Miss Apples Matchmaking and I love what I do. I believe that the person you spend your life with will either be your greatest asset or your greatest liability. And my goal is to create an intentional and authentic experience while bringing the human element back into the dating scene. In this algorithmic world that we live in, we forget that people don't ever perfectly fit. We aren't a snap that goes away in 10 seconds. We're not someone you can just swipe right or left on and you know everything about us. We are blood and water and air and we are all flawed. Tune in every Monday for a new episode of An Apple A Day where I will answer all of your questions. I'll share some of my own humiliating dating stories. I'll shed some wisdom from some great people with really amazing relationships and I interview some real people on their own dating journey. I really hope you enjoy the show. Welcome back to another episode of An Apple A Day. I'm your host Michelle Apples and I am so excited that you're here. Thank you for joining me on another Monday morning or maybe you're listening to this and it's not a Monday morning. Well, welcome to you as well. So today's episode, it's just me and I'm going to be talking about 10 things to look for, ask yourself, ask your partner before getting into a new relationship. And I've really referred to a new relationship as an intentional relationship. So I, if you know me, you know that I'm all for intentional relationships. So that means that I'm not just getting in a relationship just to get in a relationship. I'm getting into a relationship for the long-term vision. So when I talk about long-term vision, I'm not talking about just getting into a short-term relationship that's going to last a month. So talking about these things really just alleviates the stress about them in the future. It really helps to make sure you both are on the same page, that you both are working towards the same vision moving forward. Actually, I think there is 13 things, not 10 things. So there's 13 things to look for to ask yourself or your partner before getting into a relationship. So let's dive on in. Number one, number one, talk about debt and money is a hard one. Why is money a hard one? Because everyone hates talking about it. No one likes talking about money, especially debt. And I don't think it's a matter of you need to know every penny in each other's bank accounts, but I think it's just conducive to a healthier relationship to really make sure you're on the same page about money in in the beginning so that you know you don't walk into a relationship and then all of a sudden be hit with this wow this person's in so much debt this person is really bad with money and this is what my future is going to look like so talking about you know are are you in debt do you save or you spend more asking those kind of questions or what is something that you spend your money on that you wish you didn't or you know, where are you at financially and where do you hope to be in the future? And just to really be aligned on that so that when you're walking into a long-term vision relationship that you're not just kind of thrown off guard when one partner is really bad with their spending habits and you're all of a sudden you get married and now you're in a pile of debt because your partner was already in that debt to begin with. So yeah, talking about money, I, I know that money is the root of all evil. It is when used incorrectly, money is it really destroys people's lives and so yeah just just ensuring that you don't have any bad bad habits or bad spending habits and if not like you can always work on those things but I think it's just good to have that information up front to begin with so that's number one so number two 
is walking in at 100%. I don't think you can have one person at 50% and the other at 100. It's just going to be really hard to navigate if you're on the same page when you're not on the same page. So if you aren't at 100%, ask your, asking yourself why. Why am I not at 100%? What do I need to do to get to 100%? Maybe it's current walls that you have built up that you may need to heal from. Maybe it's a matter of you have to ask more intentional questions such as like what does the future look like to ensure that you're both on the same page because I think that in a relationship it is really just a choice. It's a choice to be there. It's a choice to be in it and you know you're never gonna be always 100% but you're, you can choose to be 100% and I, that's the difference and I, people don't really understand that it is just a choice and it's it's waking up every day and saying I choose this person to be my partner and so it's just asking yourself am I 100% if I'm not at 100% why? Why is that? And if it's something that I can either get to there or I need to walk away and find someone that I do feel 100%. Number three, when looking for a relationship and long-term vision, I think it's really crucial to ask certain questions like how many kids do you want? Do you want to adopt kids? What's your timeline look like for that? If you're not on the same page with that, it's really hard. But I think that these are certain things you cannot control. And so I think it's more important to look for someone who is able to be flexible to that vision because I know so many people in the past just couple years that are now married and they go to try to have children and they're dealing with infertility. So ensuring that you have a partner that is able to be flexible to that because if you walk in with someone who is saying, I'm dead set on having three kids and then you get married and you both are aligned on that, but then turns out you can't have kids. I mean, I don't think it's impossible. I think miracles do happen. I've seen it so many times that when someone has been told that they're infertile they end up having a baby but it usually takes a lot of time it's a lot of heartache it's a lot of pain it's a lot of trials so I think it's finding a partner that you know is going to stand with you through those things rather than someone who's so set on their vision that their vision of what they want how many kids they want and their timeline is more important than the person standing in front of them so finding someone who you know does want the same things as you but also is flexible so flexibility is a big one I think that's really important number four I think it's important to look at your five to ten year timeline your career your education do you think you're going to relocate in the next five years five to ten years if you are is this person beside you able to do that able to be flexible be able to relocate Um, because I think that if you're so set in your vision of this is where I'm going, this career, this education that I'm going to do, and this is where I'm going to relocate to, and then you find someone who's not willing to relocate, it's, it does, does our vision line up? And you don't want to end up finding someone who's going to make you compromise on everything you want in life. But I think that when you do get into a relationship, there is an aspect of compromise. There is a level of compromise that you need in a relationship. But I think that one person can't always be doing all the compromising. So talking about that five to 10 year timeline, what does that look like? And do you feel that your five to 10 year timeline aligns with that? And can you both walk in that direction together? All right, number five, 
So energy. I think energy is a big one for me. If you know me, you know I'm an extroverted extrovert. I love to be around people. People fuel me. And it's definitely happened to me in past relationships where I'll go to an event and have my significant other standing in a corner and not able to really talk to people. And then I just feel bad and I can't actually get what I need. And then they're not getting what they need. And you feel like you're kind of just like dragging them along all the time. So I don't think that's this is necessarily like a deal breaker of if someone's an extrovert being with an introvert but I think you need to know these things and so for myself it's like I don't need someone who's as extroverted as me but I do need someone who's going to be able to show up around my friends and be able to put an effort put in some energy whereas like I know some couples where you know the female will go out because she's super extroverted go to all these events and the guy's staying at home well I think that's okay too and you know like this is what I need I need to go out and be social with other people you don't want that at all so therefore like let me go out do my thing I'll come home to you and then we'll hang out afterwards kind of things and I think this isn't something you necessarily can really talk about but you have to actually see so people can say all day like yeah I can handle myself around other people but unless you actually get to see how these people interact with your friends or at events or whatever your lifestyle looks like, I don't think you really know this stuff. So something to look out for is just how does this person react with other people, your friends, your family, do our energies align? If they if they don't, then maybe it's something that needs to just be talked about. It's like, I'm going to go to these events because this is what I need. Um, you're going to stay home because that's what you need. And we're both okay with that situation. Number six, religion and faith. I think fundamental core beliefs are so important. Do you share them? What does that look like? Do they align? I don't necessarily think that if you're not aligned that it's not going to work out. But some people this is a deal breaker. So I think self-reflection and knowing what are your deal breakers is it a deal breaker for someone to be to share the same religion as you or to share the same level of faith as you if that's a deal breaker then it's something that you need to discuss with your partner walking into a relationship and if it's not a deal breaker then that's great too but like what does that look like in the future and if one of you is muslim the other is christian how are you going to raise your kids what does that look like in the future where did those beliefs and, and faith levels come into play? So having those open discussions of this is what my religion is, this is what my faith is, this is what I'm willing to compromise on, and this is what I'm not willing to compromise on. So for me, I, personally, I'm I'm very set in my faith. I'm Christian. I have been Christian pretty much my whole life. I walked away for quite some time where I did date a lot of people who were not religious at all. But now going back and being firmer in my faith, I don't think I could necessarily date someone who also didn't share those beliefs because I've tried and just our morals and our values don't align and so just able to have those conversations sooner than later because if someone's not aligned with with your your level of faith or religion then you know there's no point wasting each other's time number seven how do you handle conflict conflict is it's bound to happen things come up people fight but how do you handle conflict because everyone handles conflict differently and I think being able to talk about this just allows your person your your significant other to know how to handle things when there's conflict am I the type of person that shuts down do I get aggressive do I need space do I need to walk away and come back an hour later do I need to handle this right now and get it over with so having those conversations but again like this goes back to self-reflection being able to know how I handle 
conflict and being able to communicate this to my partner so that they know if we're in a fight, we're in an argument, this is what I need and this is what my partner needs. So maybe those look like two different things. How do we come together and fight the problem rather than fight each other? How do we give each other the space or or whatever it is we need in that situation? And having those conversations ahead of time just really helps that when those situations come to pass, you know how to handle it. Number eight sexual compatibility going into a new relationship i think it's important to address i think it's you need to know your boundaries you need to know consent you need to know sexual traumas from the past having open discussions i think is so important in communication and it's such a weird thing to talk about especially coming from a christian circle having so many christians in my circle because we're really bad for this we're really bad to say we were told our whole lives that sex is bad and because we're told that sex is bad and just not to do it it's in our head that sex is bad and so therefore we don't talk about it we don't bring it up it's something that's it is very sacred but at the same time I think it needs to be communicated you need to know your boundaries you need to know where you stand you need to be able to have those open discussions because if not it just gets blurry it gets it never is a clear understanding that needs to be communicated ensuring that someone is respecting your boundaries respecting where you're at ensuring there is consent and I think sex is not bad sex is a gift from God when it's used in the right context if you want more information on this I would highly recommend going to listen to Michael Todd's relationship goals. He explains this so well and do think it's a conversation that needs to be communicated and talked about in getting into a relationship, where you're at, where your boundaries are. Make sure someone respects your boundaries. If someone doesn't respect your boundaries, that's not the person for you. Sex is a big thing in relationships, but sex is not everything in relationships. So ensuring that you are with someone who just really respects your body, who you are, your boundaries, where you are sexually and and vice versa. So ensuring that you both are on the same page with that. Number nine, age and maturity years ago I always said I would never date someone younger because I always found men younger were immature and that's just because I you know I left home when I was 18 I've done so much in my life I've traveled a lot I've really experienced a lot so therefore I'm a lot older in my maturity than I actually am my age so I always thought I would date someone older but I think as long as that person has a growth mindset then I think it doesn't really matter because if they're willing to grow and to learn and mature and um, they are mature then I think age and maturity doesn't matter but just knowing that like knowing does this person have a growth mindset are we able to both grow individually in this relationship does this person allow me to grow as an individual and are they also growing as an individual and I think this is really important to just know like are we both growing are we becoming better than yesterday are we just sitting around doing nothing standing still you know what does that look like in a relationship number 10 Three more to go. Opposite gender boundaries. So many people are so weird with this and I think it's just so good to have those boundaries, have those open discussions, what's okay, what's not okay. My own experience is I'm an extroverted extrovert and a lot of people have have struggled with this because I'm always talking to people, my phone is always blowing up, I talk to people of the same sex, I talk to people of opposite sex, that's just who I am as a person. Now if I got into a relationship and the person across from me said, you can't talk to the opposite sex, I don't like it well that wouldn't work for me but I also will never do something offside and I and I now am at a place where I'm mature enough to say 
hey, my phone is yours. I don't flinch when you grab my phone. If you want my passwords, they're yours. And it's not a matter of, oh, I need my privacy and they need their privacy. It's And I get if someone is like that. But for me, I want the person that I'm spending life with and doing life with to feel 100% secure in this relationship. And how do I do that? Well, I do that by putting down those walls of this is mine and this is yours. It's like, no, at the end of the day, if I'm with you, I'm 110% with you. I'll never do anything offside. My phone's an open book. And just really having those discussions and what that looks like. Because if you start flinching when someone grabs your phone and looks at something, that's a red flag. If you're going in the bathroom to use your phone and to text someone back, that's a red flag. And if someone's doing that, there's a reason they're doing that. It's not about having my own privacy. It's about the long-term vision. I'm with this person because I truly believe that this is my person. This is someone I want to do life with. And I'm walking towards that. So what does that mean? That means that I'm not focused on a hundred different other men or I'm focused on this person. And that means I'm not doing anything offside. Nothing's off limits. Knowing those things, knowing those boundaries, knowing what your boundaries are, knowing how much privacy you need and how much privacy that person needs. Just having those open discussions. Number 11, social media. Man, social media is a big killer of relationships these days and like you may think I'm joking but I'm not so many people break up relationships because of social media and I've seen it I've talked to people about it I recently talked to a girlfriend who broke up with a guy because of social media because every time she went and looked at his account he was following 10 20 new half naked girls all over social media and I think that is valid and so many people will be like oh it's no big deal but you are what you consume daily weekly monthly and even even if you don't realize that it's affecting you subconsciously, that's affecting you more than you think it is. Are you following accounts that are helping your relationship or are hurting your relationship? If you're consuming half-naked pictures of the opposite sex all day long, is this conducive to your relationship? If you think this isn't hurting your relationship, you are fooling yourself. And you also have to ask yourself, why do I feel the need to follow all these accounts of half-naked people? And what is this doing to my relationship? Because I've been in relationships where my ex was following a bunch of half-naked women on social media. Is this is this helping our relationship by you looking at half naked people outside of our relationship no that's actually subconsciously it's actually hurting our relationship more than you think it is so you are what you consume care be careful with social media be careful what you're consuming on the daily and that's not just with social media but with everything you are what you consume every single day ask yourself why why am i allowing something so minor like social media to have a impact in my relationship number 12 pornography we're bringing out the word we're talking about it so many people think that pornography is not a big deal. And it's so interesting because I've actually, I met someone who used to be addicted to pornography and he did so much research on pornography and how much it affects you in relationships. And it was unbelievable how much pornography actually affects your relationships it affects your sexual compatibility in relationships it has this expectation now put on your relationships that that is what sex is going to be like there's so many things he unpacked so much of it when we connected and I couldn't believe how many things it affected in your relationships and people are just watching pornography daily thinking that it's no big deal that it's it's just an avenue of release but it's very toxic it's very addicting 
and it really affects your relationships. If you don't believe me, go do your own research on this. It's been researched, it's been done that this is something that is actually killing sex in relationships. And so, I mean, don't believe me, go do your own research, but it's killing your relationship. Number 13. Last but not least, remember, love is not what keeps relationships going. What keeps relationships going is actively committing to loving this person and choosing this person every day. Happily Ever After does not have trials, it does not have tribulations, and it does not have the mundane of the day-to-day. So at the end of the day, being in a relationship is a choice. It's a choice you wake up every day and decide because feelings lie. And if I woke up every day and said, how do I feel today? Well, I would probably get nothing done. So don't just listen to your feelings, but also just remember to choose that person every day and that love is not what keeps relationships going, that choosing to love each other every day is what does. So thanks for listening to another episode of An Apple A Day. I hope you enjoyed it. Remember that this is just my views. This is just what I believe. It's what I've done research on, but that doesn't mean that it's your beliefs. That doesn't mean that my my views are your views and that's okay. It's okay to have opposing views, opposing beliefs. I hope you guys enjoyed. We'll see you again next week on another episode of An Apple A Day. Thanks so much for tuning into our show. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to like, subscribe, and maybe even share it with your friends. See you next week for another episode of An Apple A Day. And in the meantime, feel free to check us out on Instagram at Miss Apple's Matchmaking. See you next Monday.